Welcome to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information from industry leaders. This is Lois Bowers with McKnight's Senior Living. Uh, welcome to the McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast from the American Healthcare Association and National Center for Assisted Living Annual Convention and Expo. We're here with Barbara Speedling, Quality of Life Specialist with Innovations for Quality Living and a presenter here at the meeting. Barbara, you're speaking about creating a livable environment. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what factors go into creating a livable environment. Absolutely. I think that first and foremost, the most important thing is the environment itself. The ambiance, um, the sound, uh, so many things that people report to me when I interview residents about what agitates them. It's not being able to control their own environment. Uh, lots of televisions on, lots of radios playing. Um, even with doors closed, a lot of times you can hear the noise that's coming from inside. So people talk about that. They talk about being able to find a place that's quiet. Like even if I live in my own apartment, you know, there. If I go out into the general community, there's usually only uh, you know common places to sit where there are other people. So I think a lot of people would like uh, an opportunity to not only stay in their own domain, but to be able to come out into the bigger campus and find a place where they can kind of sit and read and be quiet. We tend to always group people, and I think that that's something that the average adult really isn't used to. You know, we tend to be a society of people that likes to do a lot of things on our own, work on our computers, read a book. You know, we're not really joiners in the way that perhaps previous generations have been. And I think technology contributes a lot to that. Are there other factors that uh, senior living communities should be considering to create um, an environment where uh, older adults want to live? Well, I think the most important thing there is looking at the natural way that communities develop. You know, when you look for a place to live, you consider many things about that location. You don't just pick a house and set things down. So I think that we don't do enough to bring people together in common ways. So for instance, when I work in a memory care environment, I try to group people by what they did for a living or what they remember doing for a living. It could have been their first job, you know, a long time ago, but I find that if I put teachers together and I help socialize those people based on their occupation, that they begin to form a community. They begin to form a culture of their own based on their shared experience. And I think that's how relationships naturally develop anyway. And I think if you're gonna live in an environment, what a lot of people tell me is that they don't really have an opportunity to make friends. They have acquaintances, but they don't really bond with people. And I think that we could do a lot more to help these adults find those people that they have things in common with, that they would have good conversation with. But sometimes we either arrange the, the living space or the common spaces more for the um, sake of efficiency and getting things done quickly than we do about really person-centered and, and looking at that. Well, everyone knows about the silver wave and the coming of the baby boom generation. Um, how can senior living providers prepare for that um, in their existing communities and then maybe when they're thinking about creating new communities? I think overwhelmingly the population you have to really want to please are the female clients that you're going to you know, be meeting. And I say that because one, we know the phenomenon that women are living longer than men, but also because women, and recently there was an article about this, are more 
you know, focused professionally, more with higher, you know, degrees and so on, that they're not just going to take whatever you offer. And I think we have a complacent kind of population now, um, the generation that's used to just falling in line and doing things well. I say, look around. When I was growing up in the 1950s, all that I was told through television is that I was going to be Donna Reed and marry Father Knows Best, right? And the hardest thing I'd have to do is whip up a gourmet dinner, you know, in five minutes. Then I go to college in the 70s and they say, oh no, burn your bra and get a job. Like everything has changed. So, you know, coming from a background of therapeutic engagement, uh, I don't like the word activity. I think it lends a, uh, the wrong connotation to what we really want to accomplish. But what I've learned about engaging people is that you know, they don't want to do silly things. They want to be productive, and certainly the population that's coming, male and female, are younger, they're living longer, they're healthier, and they want to be productive and social, you know? So coming into an assisted living, yes, I'll have my own place, but I really need to connect with other people in a way that forms friendships, not just acquaintances, but finds people that really will bond with me, and I think that catering to the female population that is better educated, has more resources, um, I often say can pay for what they want as opposed to taking what they get, you're going to see a shift in what the consumer expects of you. I know I'm your next generation and I expect a lot. And one of the things I expect more than anything is to have caregivers around me who can appreciate my life experience, that they want to know what I did for a living. That always drives me nuts when I look at an assessment and occupation is blank, or recently I saw that your occupation was retired. I didn't know that was a job. <laughs> so I think that's what we have to do is really look in the mirror more than ever before and say, well, what would I want if this was my environment? And I find that doing that is going to help you not only to sustain the people that are there, but to attract the kind of person who wants something different. You know, who doesn't want loud birthday parties and balloons all the time. That's really not the way we live. Is there anything else important that you think uh, is important to mention to people listening today? I think probably the biggest thing we need to focus on going forward is making sure that there's going to be a qualified workforce. Regardless of the level of long-term care, we know, especially now because of COVID, that we have a great void in people who are skilled to take care of us. And, you know, again, getting closer to that stage of my own life, I think about that. We've got to have better alternatives from the community moving into a residence. And I've said to a lot of people that, you know, that um, own and operate long-term care environments that maybe it's time to really begin with the community first, find out what it takes to branch out and to provide community-based services, and that when someone needs you and needs to make a move, they'll come to you because they, excuse me, they already know you. You know, keeping in mind that the general public has a very bad taste in our mouths for long-term care, and it's gotten worse in the last two years. So I think that that's what the industry has to look at, is sort of re-inspiring the consumer. And, you know, in, in something I want to address tomorrow, I think that, again, people really need to take a very personal perspective on what it's going to take to satisfy them. And that would be the best advice I would give to anybody developing a community like that, is could you live there? And if you did live there, would you be happy? Or would we say you were a complainer, you know? Thank you. Well, thanks for speaking with us today, uh, Barbara. It's Barbara Speedling, Quality of Life Specialist with Innovations for Quality Living. 
And this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast. We hope you'll join us again.